You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. If you'd like to get a free copy, just send a text to 33444 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 33444. Let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Dennis Yu. Dennis is the Chief Technology Officer of Blitzmetrics, a digital marketing company which partners with schools to train young adults. He's an internationally recognized lecturer in Facebook marketing and has spoken in 17 countries spanning five continents. Dennis has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, LA Times, and a whole plethora of other major periodicals. And he's also the co-author of Facebook Nation, a textbook taught in over 700 colleges and universities. Welcome to the show, Dennis. Pleasure, Dennis. Dennis Squared. Yeah, Dennis Squared. That's what we were talking about. You're the first Dennis. And I, like I said, I, I, you can't be half bad. I mean, you got the right name going. So we'll judge on whether I can deliver on my end by the end. And, and I'm sure you will as, as well. So I appreciate you being here. And today we're going to talk about some really cool, unique strategies and ideas that you have around using video to develop relationships, to get leads and more sales. But it's a very unique twist. But before we dive into that, could you take a minute or two and just give us a little bit of a backstory on how you got here and how you founded Blitzmetrics? I'm just an analytics tech support guy. And I used to run internal analytics at Yahoo. I built A.com for American Airlines just over 20 years ago. I've been a website building geek for almost 30 years. And I've seen the evolution as it's moved into social and selling and whatever you want to call it. I'm an engineer. That's why I'm the chief technology officer. But I, un- I also understand how to use data to drive sales. And we were just really lucky back when Facebook opened the platform back in 2007. So we've been doing Facebook ads for 11 years. We've spent over a billion dollars for some of the biggest companies out there. And what's cool is that we, in geeking out with the data, we publish what we've learned and just give it away for free. Just like with you, Dennis, on this podcast, sharing all of our techniques That's why Facebook likes to share our stuff. That's why they let us into all the new betas they have for new products. We like to go there all the time and eat their food. Like in Menlo Park, they have a barbecue station, which I think is one of the best. Although LinkedIn, their headquarters in San Jose, that new building, I think they've got the best salad bar of all the different dot-com places. Google has the best overall, Building 35 at the cafeteria. When I worked at Yahoo, I would ride my bike five miles up 101 or on the, on the side there, you know, go have dinner there because it's free and it wasn't free at Yahoo. So <laughs> that's great. I, that's kind of like what it was living in Silicon Valley. And after doing that for quite some time, my goodness, it was almost 20 years ago when I started at Yahoo back in the early days. Yahoo doesn't even exist today. It's been bad things have happened. We can cry about that later. But the Facebook thing's really taken off. And that, and you can use that with LinkedIn together to drive B2B leads. And most people don't understand how to do it. They think social media is where you waste money or it's not where you do serious business. And 
I love hearing that because it's just more opportunity for us and less competition. So the traffic's cheaper. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, and I, and I appreciate that because, you know, you coming from a technical background, but obviously have a lot of having a lot of sales and entrepreneurial experience. I'm excited to hear this strategy that we're going to talk about. But tell us a little bit more about Blitz Metrics. I mean, when did you start Blitz Metrics? How big is it? If you can give me some scale, whether that be employees or growth or revenue or something, give me give us some sense of how big Blitz Metric is. Blitz Metrics, I should say, is. Metrics is plural. <laughs> plural. So I don't want to boast about like the size of our company and how many people we have. I'll just put it this way. We work with a number of schools and train up these young adults, hundreds of them, to get certified in our program. Internally, we have 60-something people. The number of young adults in the program is multiple of that. And I'm really happy to see individually how different people have been able to grow, not because of how much money we spent or the the big brands that we work with and how we drive leads like that's all the kind of stuff people would want to see in a pitch deck but it's the individual stories like Logan Young 3 years ago he was working at Pizza Hut for $9 an hour now he's got pictures with Mark Zuckerberg where Zuckerberg comes up to him saying he wants to take a picture and he's keynoting at conferences all over the place and he's got a good lifestyle that's the kind of stuff i like to hear about is the individual stories not on the fact that we spent over a billion dollars on ads and you know we've set up the analytics for Nike Warriors, Rosetta Stone, you know, Marketo, right? Like building the marketing automation for marketing automation companies. That's like, you know, teaching LeBron James how to shoot free throws or whatever, right? That's pretty cool. But it's just the growth of it is something that's been a byproduct of caring for the individual people. And I think that's what a lot of people miss, especially if they're VC funded. When I left Yahoo, I made a few million dollars, not even close to what I would have if I went to Google, but no one's crying any. You know, it's, I think it's called alligator tears. People aren't really sad for me. But I took the money in 2007, so that was 11 years ago, and started Blitzmetrics because mentorship and helping young adults transition from college to the workplace is something that is near and dear to my heart because of mentors that helped me. And I wanted to pay that forward to where I'd be willing to give everything I have, all my money, and put my life on the line to see this vision through. And the best way to do it is to hang out with folks like you, Dennis, and to work with universities where we're, when we're in certain cities that we have clients or we're speaking at conferences. We call it the three C's, clients, conferences, and colleges. We always stop at the colleges when we can and put it on for free, teach these kids how they can use Facebook to get a job, to drive leads, to help local businesses, to start their own consulting practice. And that's meant the world to us. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're leaving an, an amazing legacy, right? Because it's not always about money. I mean, obviously, it, it, it makes life and the bumps in the road a lot easier throughout the course of your life, but it's not always about money. So I think if I'm reading into it, I think a lot of this is about legacy. And I think you realize that, you know, that what you teach and your systems for, for leveraging Facebook and for growing a successful business can live long after you and I are, are gone because social media is obviously not going anywhere. And some of these people are probably in their teens or early 20s and, you know, could leverage this, this knowledge that you have for the next 50 years and do a lot of great things with it. So that's admirable. I appreciate that. And that's very unique because that's not, that's not how a lot of people think in business. So kudos to you for that. So let's dive into the meat and potatoes because I think you, you really kind of teased me here before the interview where we talked about this little strategy that you have. And I don't mean to belittle it, but it's, it's very unique and it's so different than what you hear anybody else talking about. 
with as it relates to video and particularly as it relates to Facebook. So you have this one minute thank you video strategy. Could you dive into that for us, unpack it, maybe give my audience a few steps on how they could leverage something like this for their own business? So first off, I understand selling. I'm all about driving sales and revenue and leads and cost per lead, just like the other guy. I want those results too. I'm not out there just because I want to take pictures of my food and my dog or things like that. I get that's what other people think social media is. I'm here for results and leads that turn into sales, not how many likes and views you get. That said, I've discovered the best way to drive leads is to never talk about your product yourself. It's never sell because everyone is allergic to being sold to, right? So what you do is when you meet someone who's credible in the industry that you care about, the people that your prospects respect. Like for you, you're selling LinkedIn selling and marketing, get your seven habits of LinkedIn. People like Jason Miller, the global head of content marketing at LinkedIn, who's one of their big figureheads like Jeff Weiner, their CEO, who was my boss a long time ago. You would interview them, not about your product, not as a testimonial, not about you. You'd interview them about their latest book or about their hobbies or about some of their successes. You would act like a reporter, like a journalist. You're making it about them. And when you make that one minute video, actually it could be like a 10 minute video where you just film continuously for 10 minutes and chop it up into one minute highlights and you put it into a BuzzFeed kind of format, top and bottom block text. You have the text that go, you know, the, you know how to do these little, you can go to like Fiverr, these other places and get these edited for a few dollars. Sure. You take that posted on Facebook and you boost it to the audience that knows who those people are. So let's say that I sit down and, or I'm, I'm maybe not even sitting down. Maybe I just meet Jay Bear somewhere, right? He's a buddy of mine. And I say, hey, Jay, man, it's been a long time. I just read your, you know, your latest book, Hug Your Haters. I got one question. You got one minute. I want to film a one minute interview. He says, oh, why? Sure. They're not going to say no to one minute. And then you can either do a little selfie mode and have you two in a two shot, which is both you together on camera or have someone else hold it, find like a friend to hold it. And you just interview them right there on the spot, right? You have a little ring light that you attach to your camera. It costs $13.99. And now your iPhone has turned you into a professional videographer, provided you have decent sound. There's lapel mics you can buy for like 15 bucks, right? Not some big, fancy, professional $50,000 studio kind of thing. Obviously, you're going to film horizontally, not vertically. And then in post-edit, you can make these things amazing. And you make them look good. And you boost it to their audience. So if I interview Jay Bear, I'm going to boost that to Jay Bear's audience. If I'm interviewing Mari Smith, I'm going to boost it to her audience because Facebook allows you to target by specific interest. You can boost that post. It gets engagement. You can run that post. Then here's what people don't understand. You understand how remarketing works, right? You yes. have a website. You have Google and Facebook remarketing for people that went to the site and didn't buy or whatever it was. They didn't fill out the form. They abandoned. You can then remarket them to all those other trust signals. And now those people are seeing you with other people of high authority. You're interviewing them, whether it's just showing them or showing you two together. And that's the number one thing that gets people to buy. I don't think people understand this about sales. It's about trust. We're all in the trust game. It doesn't matter what you're selling. So even if you're not talking about your product, the fact that you're interviewing other people, like we talked about before the interview, our buddy Alan Gannett, is inter he's interviewing all these other people. Wow, he is, wow, it's amazing, like the people he's hanging out with, right? And so that gives you more trust for his software, Track Maven, even though he doesn't talk about it, you know, it must be pretty good because how is he hanging out with all these other people? And some of them, they will mention that they happen to be customers and they love the tool. So you never ask for it. You never prompt for it because then it's obvious. But in the course of hanging out with these other people, some of them could be customers. They'll happen to 
you know, sneak in. Hey, you know, Dennis, I love working. I've been working with you for the last 10 years. You guys are absolutely awesome. Blah, blah, blah. So they'll, they, it will just come out. It will come out. You do not want to force it because you want it to be natural. And then you take all those little snippets and you make a highlight reel out of it. So you take that highlight reel, like you said, you know, you can do it with your iPhone, buy some very low cost accessories, shoot that quick video, you know, one to 10 minutes, then you create the highlight reel. And then you're boosting it to their audience on LinkedIn. And at that point, you're looking for engagement, obviously in the feed, likes, comments, shares, all that. Are you dry at that point? Do you, would you typically drive traffic to a page? where there's a more, you know, would you take a next step or would you leave it all right on Facebook? Yes and no. So once this video, I'm not going to post the raw video because it's ugly and people don't want to see that kind of stuff. We want to clean up the sound. We hire virtual assistants from the Philippines at three to $4 an hour. You do the math on that. That costs maybe $400, $500 full time for one person who is skilled and dedicated to you and loyal to edit these videos. And then when we boost it, which you can boost right there, from your page. Oh, do it as a public figure page, not as your company page, but your name, Dennis Brown, Dennis, you, whoever, Logan Young, whoever it is, you make a page in your name, not your profile. Most people confuse page and profile, right? And you post those videos. They're edited by your VA or someone you pay five bucks on fiverr.com to do. And when people watch those videos or any of your videos, you can create remarketing audiences and then sequence them to another video or to a lead magnet. So in that first video, In each of those little interviews, those little lightweight one-minute touches, you're not trying to sell, right? It's a cold touch. It's a first touch. So you're there just to generate authority, tell a story. You know, they tell a joke or just a lightweight moment just as as a very gentle introduction. You don't try to send them to your website or learn more. Like, don't put those things there that will hurt you from a relevant score standpoint on Facebook. But then you go into your ads manager and under custom audiences, page engagement, Video views, that's the that's how you navigate there. You can create video view remarketing audiences. So you could say anyone who's watched, and you can check all the boxes for all the videos, or you can say anyone who watched just this one video for at least 10 seconds in the last 30 days, then send them to my website. Then you know show them the lead magnet I have. Oh, the seven ways on how to do whatever it is, right? And then the next thing they see is an ad from us, but they don't know it's an ad because the sponsored's in gray and people don't know that. Then they see another thing where they see your face again. Oh, it's Dennis Brown again. Oh, you know what? I also have this lead magnet. And in the back of their mind, subconsciously, they will remember or directly remember consciously the fact that they've had a couple touches with you. Now, here's the thing about memory. Memory is reconstructive. People don't actually have a memory that's like a tape recorder that puts things in a particular order, right? It's not like a photocopier. Memory being reconstructive, people don't remember what they saw before is an ad. They don't remember whether they saw it on Google or Facebook or YouTube, or they don't remember maybe they saw it in person or maybe a friend had shared your content. You're counting on the fact, which is absolutely true, that memory is reconstructive. And thus, when you get a few lightweight touches in, then they feel like they know you and they therefore they can like you. And when they like you, they can then trust you. And when they trust you, they can buy from you. All right. So this seems actually fairly simple. So You use that initial video that you boost to get the engagement. Then you build an audience of people that watch that video or engaged with it. And then you show them additional ongoing ads that are targeted to those specific, those specific people in the effort to build that know, like, and trust and potentially turn them into a leader prospect somewhere further down the funnel. 
And so that no like trust is really top, middle, and bottom of the funnel, which is the same thing as awareness, engagement, and conversion, which is the same thing as why, how, and what. Those are the three stages of the funnel. And guess what? If you look at Facebook ads, next time you go in there and create an ad, notice that they bucket all the objectives into those same three stages of the funnel, of awareness to engagement, which they call consideration, to conversion. So you're actually doing it the way Facebook wants you to do it. And that's why this thing works, because you're sequencing them from awareness to engagement and then from engagement to conversion. Most people, they go to Facebook and they try to drive conversion on a first touch, and that's tough to get a cold audience, especially for B2B, and then they say Facebook doesn't work. Right. So you're going to have very low conversion on a first touch ad, but after they see three, four, five, six different touches, your conversion is going to go up. You've had to invest a little bit more into getting them to that part of your funnel, but at least they're not just evaporating into thin air like most people do after they don't convert on that first ad. Most of these B2B guys are spending seven to 10 bucks a click on Google or some other place because they're like, oh, these clicks are so expensive. Why would I waste all this stuff making this big investment and taking months and months to try to drive a lead that maybe will turn into a sale or you know, get into Salesforce and we call them up and do a demo or whatever? Well, it's actually cheaper to build these remarketing audiences at two cents each. If you're really good, a penny each, right? If you suck, maybe like four or five cents. But would you be willing to invest in a bunch of touches that cost you only two or three cents, Dennis, or seven bucks when they're at the bottom of the funnel? It's actually cheaper. It's overall, it's still cheaper and better to create a lot of lightweight touches and then you hit them with remarketing. I love that. So how would you, do you have a parallel type of strategy? Would you look at a similar type of strategy on LinkedIn or is this much more geared towards Facebook based upon the framework that you you laid out? It's both. Now, Facebook for advertising is more powerful because they've optimized CPM. It's more social. You have the social proof. The analytics is better. LinkedIn's conversion tracking is a joke, right? I love LinkedIn. No offense to, to Jason Miller if he's listening to this. But look, you take that content and you put it on your profile. You put it on your Facebook page and boost it. You share it on LinkedIn, right? Alan Gannett, our buddy, he's posting videos that he's putting there on LinkedIn. You can recycle that content on all those other channels. You can post it on Twitter. No one will see it, right? And <laughs> then then you can boost it. But the trouble is that boosting on LinkedIn is an expensive proposition. There's all kinds of things that are wonky about LinkedIn's ad system. It's great, but it's still too new. I would test things out. It, Facebook is a best, better testing ground. If you have something where it's like really high-end B2B, you're targeting chief marketing officers in a particular industry, your particular job titles, it's very LinkedIn targety, then okay, fine. Put it on LinkedIn and you can boost it, but now you gotta spend 10 bucks a day, your videos cost you way more, they don't have legitimate remarketing. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that just make it really hard to test on LinkedIn. Gotcha, perfect. No, that's awesome. I think that that's an incredibly powerful strategy. And and if somebody knows how to do a, a basic LinkedIn ad, the ability to add these sequential, you know, touches down the road is should be fairly simple with just a little bit of diving into some of the re, the retargeting, like you said before. So that's powerful. I love that. And so let's move forward a little bit. You've been an entrepreneur for you said you started Blitz Metrics eleven years ago. Was that your first business? Oh, I've tried all kinds of stuff. So for 30 years, I've been building websites for different people under different names, but I've always been an e-commerce junkie. Gotcha. Okay. So let's focus in a little bit more on Blitzmetrics specifically. You started that business along the way, you know, you've, you've probably had all kinds of challenges, struggles, and obstacles, just like every other entrepreneur. What's the biggest mistake 
or let's put it this way. What's the biggest challenge you faced in growing Blitzmetrics to this point? If you had to pick one of the biggest challenges, what's it been? Finding loyal people. And I've talked to other entrepreneurs that have grown their businesses to hundreds of millions from nothing. And we all share the same thing. Like you would think it'd be like the competition or building or like moving faster or solving a technical challenge or building a better product. Or It's never the case. It's always about making sure that you've got the best core team. And when your employees are awesome, they are your best marketing because then they attract all the other people, right? Your people, that's, it goes right back to what we were saying before. When you treat other people well and you say thank you all the time, that makes them feel good and they turn around and do good work for you. When you take good care of your people, your people take good care of your clients. I have made mistakes where I have hurried because I thought, oh, whoever's first is gonna win. And we came out with the Facebook ads platform back in 2007. We were making like 80,000 bucks a day selling ads. If you remember like who is a crush on you and you know what's your IQ, like those things were powered if you remember those on Facebook, those oh, yeah. were through our ad server. We were making so much money and it was so spammy. And I lived that rich baller lifestyle. I was doing the private jets, the first class and, you know, nice meals and mansions. Like I, I was doing all that kind of stuff and it was horrible, but I had to do it just, and I think all of us have, if, if we're fortunate enough, we've gone through that phase where, because you hear wealthy people say, oh, it's not about the money, it's about relationships and the things that, or the, another joke I, I like to say is, you know, the best things in life are free, but the second best are really expensive. And, <laughs> That's great. And so the mistake I made there was I did what I think most of us would have made the same mistake. I chased the money and we made a lot of money and we were successful, but it was really crap. And I hung out with other people that basically... I don't know, you could blame me or blame them or what like our, I felt like my moral fiber had declined. There's one moment I was at I was at Disneyland with Neil Patel and Harrison Converse and we were in line at the Pirates of the Caribbean and it was a long zigzaggy line. It was like an hour and a half, two hours before you know how the, you gotta wait in line. It's like being at the airport, right? But yeah, worse. Brutal. And we were estimating like how many people, how many of these like young girls in line had fallen for our scam online. And we estimated that it was like 15% of the people in line because we were making so much money on that stuff. And I thought, how awful, what an awful person I am. Even though it's totally legal and you know, all the landing pages had the disclaimer and we, and we could claim we weren't, it wasn't us that was selling those items. We merely had the ad server. We were technology geeks. So we created a network, an ad serving network that allowed advertisers to put their ads into the system, which then showed to the publishers who were the the developers that had these apps, you know, the Candy Crush or Farmville, these different kinds of apps. So we were just the marketplace that enabled both sides on supply and demand. We weren't the advertiser. So we could claim, oh, we, well, you know, it's like Google, 25% of the revenue is porn. Well, is, is Google promoting porn? They could claim no, because they're just, they, they have AdWords and porn people can come in and put porn ads, right? So who do you blame? Oh, it's the guns that kill people, not the people that kill people or, you know, whatever it is, right? So the lesson I learned there was that I was making money, but I was with the wrong people. And those people were also about making money and they weren't very loyal. And it ended up, I'll just put it this way. It just created a lot of heartache later and a lot of broken friendships. And I've learned the hard way that it's better to have people that are loyal than people that are smart. Yeah, that's amazing. No, you're hundred percent right. It's so funny because you you look back over, you know, I look back over 25 year career as an entrepreneur similar to yourself, and you think about those people that have come and gone 
throughout your cycle of the highs and lows and the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. And, you know, in, at the end of the day, it usually turns out to be a pretty small circle of people that you can really say you trust and that really trust you. So no, that, that's some, that's some great advice. I appreciate that. So the next two questions, as we wrap up here, we'll just do rapid fire, maybe one minute a piece. What's your number one or what's your favorite growth tool or software other than Facebook, of course? I like to use Boomerang for Gmail because that's how I keep track of all my emails. I get a mil, or I get a thousand emails a day, and so I'm able to use it to follow up on ones I don't get a response on. Boomerang plus Basecamp plus Timecamp is how we manage everything for our workforce. Perfect. What's one book that you would recommend to my audience, whether it be growth or sales or technology oriented? You know, the best way I learn about what's going on in the world of marketing and automation and technology is not by reading marketing tech management consulting books. I read science fiction. My favorite one, I've read 4,500 books. My favorite one is Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson because it talks about what the future of the world looks like where everything is free and it's virtual currency and it's about how people get along in that virtual world where some things are sublingual and some things are direct and corporations have more power than governments because they're more efficient. I believe science fiction people think ahead of entrepreneurs. They're just too far ahead to monetize. Yeah, that makes total sense. Perfect. Well, hey, listen, Dennis, I really, really appreciate you spending this time with us, sharing that strategy. Before we go, let everybody know how they can connect with you and learn more about Blitz Metrics, and then we'll close it out for today. Hey guys, so you can find me on LinkedIn. That's the best way to find me. Do not friend me on Facebook. I'm at the 5,000 person limit. I'm only at 15,000 on LinkedIn. So Dennis, you spelled with two letters. Perfect. Connect with him on LinkedIn. And hey, listen, really appreciate it. You know, I appreciate Jeremy Slates introducing us and um, have an awesome day. And I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.